Good day, idiots. How are you? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 7th of November. 7th of November, 2023. How you doing? Hope you're good. Here's a bit of tea. I pulled my tea too soon today. Oh, you know what? Get fucked. That's perfect. Come on, bro. Oh, it's it's Melbourne Cup Day. Bang 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 bang! I haven't even looked. Who won the Melbourne Cup? Not that I give a literal single fuck, man. My friend said the funniest thing to me. Oh wait, this isn't. The story I was just about to tell you wasn't about the Melbourne Cup at all. Nah, come on. Let's let's look up who won the Melbourne Cup, hey? It's the race that stops a nation. Melbourne Cup. All right. Let's look at the fucking dumb cunt names of these stupid horses. The 2023 without a fight gives Mark Zara back to back. Without a fight. That was... You know what? That is actually a pretty good name for a horse. Because without a fight is like... It was a third favourite. Without a fight, you know, it sounds like it's like he gave up without a fight. But actually that one won the race without a contest. Anyway, who gives a fuck, man? I can't wait. Me and my housemate were discussing earlier what happens when the Melbourne Cup becomes completely irrelevant, which it absolutely will soon enough. What do we do with this public holiday? And I was thinking, like, do the people who actually run the Melbourne Cup, do they really give a fuck about horse racing? Or is it just a cynical exercise in money making? I'm not sure. I guess they probably would care about the horses. But it's just there's too much money in it. I don't know. Do people... Re- who who gives a fuck? <laughs> what person? I don't know anyone. You know, rich or poor. Like, I guess it's just a thing for rich people to go be seen at, you know, or like rich people is probably the wrong word, but like, you know, people who like to go to those kinds of events and dress up and whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, it doesn't need to be about the horses, you know? Like, it feels like what it is, is just an excuse for people to wear nice clothes, get all dressed up. And, you know, have a, have a quote-unquote day at the races. But it's like, why does it need to be races? Why do they need to kill <laughs> horses? Who gives a fuck? It's fucking gambling, man. It's the fucking gambling. Oh, God. I just had a, a realisation. I love football. I went and watched the football this morning. The mighty Tottenham Hotspur went down 4-1 by the end to the scum of Chelsea Football Club, whatever. It was a great game. It was actually a phenomenal game. I mean, the refereeing decisions were really annoying. But anyway, there's a lot of chat lately, isn't there, about how uh, there's a lot of huge money in football. It's the biggest sport in the world. And um, just... I guess the competing interests in it 
I, I really got to think about that. For some reason, this is I'm finding this very hard to talk about and think about. My brain, I feel like I can't concentrate. It just like you know, Saudi Arabia, the public investment fund bought Newcastle United, and they're very transparent about the fact that the reason they did that is to launder their reputation. So people who love Newcastle United won't care about the fact that they do human rights abuses, that they fucking the the state literally murdered a, a, a fucking what do you call it, a journalist, and then then that's like one example of how you know corrupt morally dubious people use money and sport to get away with doing the things that they do and there's a lot of discourse in football at the moment about how that is eroding corrupting the game and eroding its goodwill and like that eventually that could like i read a great article it was maybe a year ago about how people used to always wear hats and then they stopped wearing hats (laughs) and it was a really good article about how like things can change you know very quickly things can kind of kind of fall out of fashion and if you really love football um you should be concerned about the ways that the rich and powerful people in the world are kind of like polluting the game and and taking it away from us and uh just now talking about the melbourne cup it struck me that probably 100, 150 years ago, horse racing was a really popular sport because it was a big part of life, you know, it was a a thing that you would ride your horse, there were no cars, and then people that were really good at riding horses, everyone kind of understood what it was to ride a horse, so riding a horse really fast and having a really fast horse was really impressive, but now, horses just aren't a big part of our culture, so you see someone riding a horse, you're like, well, I don't care about that, (laughs) And now it seems like really unnecessary to race these horses because back then when we were riding horses around, you would accept that some horses would just die. You know, if you wanted to get a taxi home from the pub or whatever, it would be a horse-drawn cart and sometimes the horses would slip and they would die on the street and that was just a part of it. So racing them when they died, you'd be like, well, you know, that's a bummer, but that's no different to any of the other horses around the place that died. It just wouldn't have been exceptional or interesting. But now, we don't need to ride horses. Horses can just be left to fucking chill or, you know, make glue (laughs) or whatever they're for. I don't know. (laughs) What's the point of a horse? What's the point of fucking you, mate? (laughs) Your horses don't need to be ridden. Then there's no interest in it publicly. There's no, you know, I don't care. No one cares about the, the only time I ever hear people talk about horse racing is at the Melbourne Cup time when everyone goes, how fucking weird is horse racing? <laughs> and that's the only time I ever think about it. But there's still people out there doing it. I mean, I guess, I don't know, my cousin breeds horses and loves horses. Some people love them. Isn't that, and isn't that weird that the people who, yeah, okay, fuck. Oh, I'm spinning myself around in circles now. The people who love them are involved in the industry. But no one else is really that interested. I guess the money will just drain away. But the point that I was trying to make about football is like the same interests that are now really the final interests in horse racing before it completely dies as a sport, i.e. gambling, sports betting, which at that point is so divested from the actual activity of horse racing. It's just a way for people to experience the thrill of gambling, betting on some kind of random event that they have no understanding of. And that's, you know, like it doesn't need to be horse racing that they're betting on. They could bet on fucking when it's going to rain or 
which American high school is going to be the site of the next mass shooting or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter what they're betting on. The people who are betting on horse racing just want to bet. The people who are going to horse racing just want to wear nice clothes and have a nice day in a nice place. Who, like, who's the people who actually like it for the horse racing? Is it the horses? Surely we could wear nice clothes and bet on some other awful event. <laughs> That's a good example, isn't it? <laughs> American, which American school will be? <laughs> and then you get like a jackpot money for if you guess the amount of children that were. <laughs> You get that's like the trifecta. <laughs> you get like, you know, you bet maybe you just bet on this state first. Yeah, because there's 50 states, so that's like about, you know, comparable to the size of a field in the horse racing, in the ponies or whatever they call it. And uh so you bet on which state, but everyone's going Texas, so Texas has got big money. I mean, that's how gambling works. But then so you could go like, man, I'm going to go, I've got some inside info. So like, I'm going to go Oregon and you might win good money, but you could go, I'm going to go Texas and I'm going to say seven kids. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> oh my God. And then that way, if you see on the news that seven kids got shot in Texas, yeah, it's sad, but it's also good. <laughs> it's like when you bet against your own team, you know, in the football. It's like if you lose, you still win some money. And if you win, well, fucking you don't win money, but your team won. Hedge your bets. Anyway, so yeah, that's a point I'm trying to make. Who the fuck actually cares about the horse racing. I guess it's the people who raise the horses and train them, the people who uh, ride them, probably the people who own them maybe a bit. Yeah, it just, just doesn't feel like there's that many. You know what? If you're one of my 70 listeners and you are in any way involved with horses, ride in, mate. You know what to do. I'm going to fucking, if you don't, <laughs> I haven't done that joke in a while. If you don't write in, I'm going to tie one of each of my four limbs to four separate horses and then fire a pistol out of my mouth so they all run in different directions and it'll pull my body apart. You know, they used to do that. That was a way that they would execute people. What was it called? I used to know this when I was a tour guide in the UK. They talked about it. It wasn't was it hung drawn and caught it was it was hung drawn and quartered that's what being courted means i believe they would tie each of their four limbs to four separate horses and then they'll and then make them bolt and the horses would pull literally pull their body apart and that's what it was called to be courted i believe that's it you know what i am gonna check i wasn't gonna i was gonna respect the sanctity of the podcast but i think i need to check because if i'm if i'm wrong about that I'm going to be embarrassed, hung, drawn, and courted. Let's fucking have a look, mate. Traitors often being hung, drawn, and courted. They would be dragged to the side of execution, hanged, but not until dead, okay? Then would be pulled down while still alive and cut open to have body parts removed. Yeah, let's keep going. 
and courted his remains. Yeah, what what is it to be courted? Dismemberment, capital punishment. Dismemberment? No, come on, I want fucking courted. Oh, I hate this. God damn it. I'll figure it out later. I reckon it's that. I reckon it's when you tie each of the four body parts to a horse and then they drag them in all different directions. That's what I believe, okay? Anyway, so it's Melbourne Cup Day and I didn't watch it, but evidently without a fight one. And congratulations, you know, to the fat, red-faced white man who owns that horse and the tiny little boy who rode it. (laughs) Fuck, that's weird too, isn't it? That if you want to ride horses, like if you want to be a, a jockey, not only do you have to love horses, but you also just have to be really tiny. Because <laughs> that makes you go faster. Oh, man. I wonder if there's any really tall people who love horses. Yet another way that the horse industry just it discriminates and, you know, sows division in our society. Truly, truly a sad state of affairs. You know what I fucking did this week, man? I did my driving test and uh, I did my driving test for my, I got my heavy rigid license, which is a very funny thing to say. Heavy rigid, you know, rigid, like an erection, like a penis and it's heavy. Yeah, it's probably something funny you could say about that if you wanted. Um, Not that I would do that, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I actually don't know what's funny about it, to be honest. You know what? Maybe that's what's funny about it. Uh, maybe I'll do a bit about that on stage. I've not been fucking writing very much lately. I've been writing little bits for like piano and I've been having some great ideas about that. But in terms of just straight stand up, I feel like I've been stagnating and getting really lazy. I've done a few gigs this week. I've done the wheelchair story. I feel like I might be running out of steam with that story, to be honest. I think after this podcast, what I should do, maybe today I won't because today I've just been chilling. I don't want to do anything today. I want to tell you about this book that I'm reading in a bit. I'm not doing anything today. It's it's just a day off just to be calm. But maybe tomorrow I don't have any plans. Maybe that'll be my day where uh, I just do a bit of work. And one of the things that I'm going to do, because I think if I don't do it this week, it's going to fall by the wayside. I'm going to... Um, compose a letter, an email to this guy who got MS and stole the wheelchair and then give it to my friend and say, can you give this to your mate? And I'm just going to, in as succinct terms as I can, succinct, succinct, succinct terms as I can, I'm going to explain who I am, what I do, why I want to talk to him. I think the reason I want to talk to him is just because I love the story and I would like some kind of closure or catharsis on it. And um, and then I want to give it to my friend and say, if you have your boy's email, send this to him. And if you don't, that's fine. And you know what? Actually, the fact that I'm kind of a little bit not, I don't care, but I'm like, I, I'm kind of not attached to any outcome for it, I think is good because it'll mean that I'm able to write and, and put in the clearest, most honest terms possible what I actually want from that interaction. Anyway. So yeah, I've been thinking because I've had I've like I'm running out of steam with this story, <clears throat> and I haven't been had I haven't, like last week I was just fucking super busy, man. 
I might talk about this on Wednesday. I went and got my heavy rigid license for this job, driving a tour bus, tour guiding down the coast that I've been training for for the last month or so. And um, man, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, honestly. I'd had no practice. I went and did my theory test the week before. And then this week, I'm just like, I just went straight in. I was just like, you go there, you drive around, do a bit of training in the morning and meet these two guys who have both been driving trucks for since the 80s, both of them. Just fucking, man, I, I loved these guys. I had so much fucking respect at the end of this day for what these guys do. So like I'd done the theory test, so I know the rules of the road with the heavy trucks and I know, you know, the basic ideas around how to steer it and how to, how to do whatever, you know, just how it works and how you drive it. And then we jump in and we start driving and uh, he shows me a few things and then I get in the driver's seat and I'm starting to drive. And he's just teaching me, you know, this is how you do it. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to drive it like this. And then it's like, so, you you know, it's a long vehicle. So you have to steer with the mirrors and you're basically steering by looking in the mirror and seeing where the back of the thing is. And you don't turn until the back of the thing is where you want to be. And then you turn. So you kind of not even really looking out the front window. You're kind of just looking at the mirrors the whole time, which is crazy and, and terrifying really. Um, but so you drive around the back streets a bit, get used to that, get used to like when you indicate how you slow down, what the kind of brakes are like and how you need to brake and accelerate and whatever. And then you get on the main roads and do a bit of driving. And the whole idea is you have to stay looking really far ahead to plan what's going to happen. Looking at the lights down the end, like as far as you can see, looking at what all the other cars are doing, looking at the mirrors, making sure, seeing what's happening. And you just basically have to be a better driver than you're held to a higher standard than all the other cars. And um, I'm not going to lie, man. I just found it really hard because I'm not good at concentrating. It's just hard. And I was talking to these guys all through the day and, you know, they were just like salty old war dogs, man, just driving trucks around Australia their whole lives and had all these stories. And I kind of loved it, like watching them interact. I think they didn't know each other that well, but they, you know, it's like me when I meet a comic. They're just of the same stock. And they played this game together so one of them was the examiner and one of them was the one who was teaching me so the one who was teaching me we were together all the day and then the examiner was in for like half the time and um but they played this game together where they would like kind of point their finger to try and anticipate exactly when the lights were going to change and uh it was just like they know you know the cycles of the lights they drive all around the country. They just know just driving to them is just like, they've just been doing it forever. I don't know, man. It was just something very romantic about it, about these guys who have spent their whole life doing this thing. And then I get to sit with them for a day and like get trained in that, you know, and learn how to do it from them. And I felt like I was going pretty good. We did the practice route. We did the drive. We did all the stuff. And then the exam happens and they're telling me about the exam the whole time. Like, you know, it's going to be like this and it's 45 minutes. I had done a really long day on the Great Ocean Road doing a trial day the day before. So I was kind of tired and then I had to get up and it was a two hour fucking train and replacement bus to get down to Seaford or wherever. Yeah, Seaford. It was so far to start for, I got, I just on purpose was half an hour late. (laughs) 
was like, it starts at seven and I was just like, I'm not going to get there at seven. Fuck this. And I just got there at 7.30. How wild is that? I was just like, I got home at like, at like 11, 11.20 or something. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to wake up at like 4.50 again or... I could just wake up at 5.20. <laughs> and I was looking through my emails to find confirmation of when the time was and I couldn't. And so and I knew they told me it was 7, but I just allowed myself to be like, I reckon it might be 7.30. <laughs> so I left home at yeah 5.20, 5.25, two hours there, drove all day. So by the time like 2 o'clock that the um, test came around, I was kind of tired and I was also just scared because I just, I was like, I, I don't know, man, this is really hard. And then the two of them get in the truck and there's a camera that Vic Rhodes have a camera that sits on the dash. And there's like a camera looking at us, looking out the front, looking at all the stop signs. It knows what speed it is. There's a GPS. It's got a camera looking down so it can see if you cross over white lines. It's got everything just to make sure you don't break any road rules. And they're like, if you break any rules, it's an automatic fail. And then you also get four transgressions on these other little things. And they're giving me tips and coaching me through it through the day. But then as soon as the camera goes on, you don't get any of that. And they're just telling you what to do. Literally, the guy's just going, at the next uh, intersection, when safe to do so, change lanes and turn left. Just that. And there were 50 instructions like that. And the test was 45 minutes. So we start, I'm going, and uh, I think this does not bode well for my skill as a driver. I really couldn't tell for a while whether I was doing bad or crushing it. Like I actually, I just couldn't tell. And then we got to the end and I parked and we turned it off and then they were just like, well, that they turned the thing off and as soon as they turned it off, they were just like, well, that was fucked, wasn't it, mate? <laughs> And we're just like, we need to have a little chat. And then they just dressed me down for like 10, maybe even 15 minutes. And here's the bit that I was like in awe of the, just the level of like driving that these guys have. There was the piece of paper that they read the test from, you know, that was like all the instructions for the test course over 45 minutes of driving and I, I drove it and I couldn't remember most of the stuff that happened. I was just fucking, you know, I was scared as shit. I was sweating, all this stuff. I just cost me a thousand bucks and I think, or 1200 bucks. And I think if you fail, one, I would have to go back there on another day. So that's a four hour round trip. And two, I think I might have needed to pay another half of the 1200. So another 600 to get the test. So I was just like, man, I really, really, really 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 don't want to fucking fail this and they start going through and i'm looking at their sheets and the thing that impressed me was they just knew they were like oh yeah that turn back there remember that and you fucking you went late or that one you did that little thing they could just rattle off every little thing that happened on the drive and i just slowly realized even if I passed this test, which I eventually did, but at that point I wasn't sure if I was if I passed or not, I could never in a million years do what these guys do. No fucking way, man. Like all day, you know, I'm hanging out with these guys and they're fucking, you know, 
a certain type of guy and they're talking to me and it feels good. I feel accepted. And a part of me was for sure thinking like, you know what, fucking oi, I'm going to get this license. Maybe I'll just be a truck driver. (laughs) Maybe that like, maybe, hey, maybe comedy won't work out. Maybe fucking I'm going to get fired from this tour guide job. Maybe my calling is just to get on the road and just drive one of these trucks across the country and fucking make my money like that and find a woman and make a good, honest, good, honest go of my life. (laughs) And then these guys were like, what was going on with your accelerator, man? Why did you, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, there's literally no way in hell I could ever do that. Especially because the one guy who was the examiner told me that the reason he was doing the testing now, teaching for the last six years, was he used to drive the whole multi-combos, the big road trains and stuff, and he flipped one over. And he'd been doing it for 25 years or whatever, and he flipped one, and he was like, I took it as a sign. And I was just like, man, if this guy who I believe is just a you know phenomenal driver, if he could do that, how long am I going to last? Fuck, man. It was so crazy. And I know, like, they go extra hard and, you know, it was just cool to learn. I'm going to be, I'm going to remember that every time I drive for the rest of my life, I reckon, those guys and just how, like, passionate they were about driving, how completely zoned in, how calm they were driving, how much they genuinely were thinking about the other people on the road and their safety and that's who you're supposed to look after when you're on the road. Fuck, it was inspiring stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that, I, that that's just not my life. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even imagine. One of the guys who I worked with at my, um, at my job told me he drove trucks for years and he told me the fucking schedule on these guys. If you just drive like a truck from Adelaide, uh, from Melbourne to Adelaide, here's your week. Two hours load up at the depot, drive nine hours with like a one break to Adelaide and unload for two hours. So that's nine, two, two, 13 hours. Nah, maybe it was longer. Maybe it was three hours at each side. Whatever it was, then you get your mandated seven hours of rest. So maybe you get, if you're lucky, eight hours between drives. So it's like, so maybe it's more like 16 hours. So it's like a nine hour drive. And then maybe it was like four hours either side or something like that to load up, load the truck and unload it. And then you sleep and then you drive back to Melbourne the next day and you do that for six days. Just drive from Adelaide to Melbourne, just load the truck, drive to Adelaide, unload it, sleep. Load the truck, drive to Melbourne, unload it, sleep. Load the truck, drive to Adelaide, unload it, sleep. And it's and you get like 500 bucks a day. You don't get paid by the hour. You just get paid by the trip. I mean, it just sounds like a most brutal fucking life. And because you don't get paid by the hour, you don't get like, you just have to do it quicker. Because if you do it slow, you're just losing my, oh my God. Just sound like a fucking nightmare, man. I think I, that would drive me crazy. Anyway, well, that wasn't funny or interesting at all. <laughs> Great. Hey, good on you, Aiden. That's going to be the name of the podcast this week. Good on you, Aiden. Good on you, 
Aiden. It always comes at this time, doesn't it? I'm in a really good rhythm with that. And, you know, that's kind of sarcastic and whatever. Man, it's actually been a fucking fantastic week. Or maybe it's just been a fantastic weekend. I've been reading this book called 4,000 Weeks that was given to me by a new friend on uh, Sunday last week. Borrowed it off him and it's fucking incredible. I've almost finished it. I actually might sit down with it after this and just finish it tonight. The basic premise of the book is that we all have this fucked relationship with time in our lives where like we the whole thing about like hustle rise and grind you know productivity which we make fun of that stuff but even things that we don't make fun of that we just think of like about having goals and having things in our lives that we want to do and this belief this kind of tacit belief that we all have that we will have the time in our lives to achieve and and do and experience everything that we want to experience and, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that we literally will not. There's only 4,000 weeks that we live and just there's no way that you can fit into a human lifetime all of the things that you want to do or even half or even a quarter of the things that you that occur to you as being things that you want to do. And so because of that, we need to... If we're going to actually do the things that we really want to do, we need to start making choices about things that we don't want to do and uh, not just things that we don't want to do that are like really low down our priorities, but also things that you kind of want to do but that are just going to take up a bunch of time. You also probably can't do those either. And, um, oh man, it's talking about, I guess, like the goal-oriented way that we operate and how we live so much for future happiness that we neglect our current happiness because we're always, and I mean, I do this. I just, you know, maybe this doesn't ring true for everyone. I wouldn't say that this is a thing about everyone, but it just, it really rang true for me because I think in my life, I am so often thinking about where I want to be in the future and going, okay, well, I'll just like, man, like earlier this year, I was doing this fucking marketing platform thing with my friend. And I just, I decided that I really didn't enjoy it. And at the time, and I mean, even moving to the UK, you know, the whole thing, I was like, I was just like, this is really hard right now, but I'm doing it because at some point in the future, it's going to be good. And, you know, the long distance in the relationship, you know, we're doing it because at some point in the future, we're going to be able to have a relationship together. And it just wasn't, it just never was. I was living my whole life and fucking destroying myself for this idea of some imagined future that never existed and maybe never would exist. And you know what it turned out to never exist. And then I, so like, I mean, I don't regret the time that I spent doing long distance with my ex, you know, or the work that I did trying to set up the life in the UK or, you know, having my dad adopt me. Or any of that stuff. I can't talk to that guy right now. An acting coach. Fucking whatever. I don't regret any of it. But maybe if I had been a bit more... What am I trying to say? It was so hard and I was so tired for so much of it. And um, I just I don't want to live like that anymore. I'm not even going to think about maybe if I'd done this or that. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But now I'm just like... I'm trying to be like one of the things that says is like, there's this idea at the moment 
with the whole oh man no what am i trying to say i've noticed myself so often in my life when i talk to friends who are passionate about something they'll start to tell me about the thing that they do and i immediately start to go on i start to kind of think of ways that they could monetize it or make it into a career i go man what if you just fucking did this you know what if you like do that and then make it a more of a thing and da 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 and like you know then it'll be sick and I think that th- there's a there was a little parable in this book where uh, um like I don't even know if it's real or it's just a story but like an American businessman goes down to Mexico and meets a Mexican fisherman and sees the way that he lives working two hours a day um and then the rest of the time just drinking wine and playing music with his friends and the guy's like dude what the fuck you're well, you're so lazy. You know, if you just stopped lazing around all the time and actually worked hard, you could, um, you could fucking work really hard and buy another boat and buy more boats and then employ other people to do the fishing for you and then you could retire. And the guy's like, oh yeah, and then what would I do? And he's like, well, then you'd have time to drink wine and play music with your friends. And it's like, yeah. I I wish I could explain this better. I feel like I'm really not hitting the nail on the head in terms of why I'm loving this book so much, but um, what do I want to say? On Saturday, it was my, uh, a a very good friend of mine's 30th birthday and we went down to Phillip Island. He decided for his birthday, he wanted to cook a big meal for everyone and uh so there were like 15 of us we went down there we cooked a meal early in the day like 4 4 30 and then we went for a walk to the beach and then we came back to the house and we all just did drugs in the house and drank and just you know got kind of silly and it was really nice and um i think previously at at previous times in my life doing something like that I would have felt really guilty because all I would have been thinking about is the other things that I could have used that time for. But sometimes it's nice to let yourself do something like that, you know, but I just, I would have been thinking like, oh man, I could have been doing, I could have been writing jokes or I could have been doing this or da da da. And then I wouldn't have even been able to properly like fully enjoy the nice thing that I was doing, which is just hanging out with my friends and, and enjoying the effects of, some mind-altering substances. But since reading this book or maybe since coming back from travel this year and having this kind of shift that I've been talking about every week, I felt so much more able to just go, man, I'm just fucking taking some drugs and I'm enjoying it and it's okay. And it was. I mean, it was fantastic. And then on Sunday, you know, we cleaned everything up and then... Drove back to Melbourne and um, just had a lovely day. Hung out with a friend, went and walked some, walked some dogs. Nice to walk dogs. Had an ice cream. Watched a movie, you know. I'm really trying to let myself lately. Like last week was a week of just like a lot of work. Like I did a tour Tuesday, trial tour, which I'm still not getting paid that well for because I'm still a trial. Trial tour Tuesday. License Wednesday, trial tour Thursday, saw the Penguins on Phillip Island, by the way, that was sick. 
got angry at some people who were they were using their fucking cameras to take photos and there was a whole thing about don't use your cameras and I went up to a couple of tourists and was like they said no cameras <laughs> I was fucking I was a Karen oh no they said no cameras oh, I don't know people are so disrespectful or maybe they just don't understand English and that's why they didn't understand the no cameras thing that's probably actually much more likely anyway um, and then Friday what did I do Friday? Friday worked at removals and then Saturday did the just like, you know, see friends thing. And then yesterday and like taking drugs and then, uh, oh, sorry. And then Sunday, I still didn't really relax on Sunday. I was still spending time with people, which can be, you know, its own kind of draining. Yesterday, Monday, worked man with a van. And so today I'm just been chilling. And this is the thing. I'm trying to give myself time to just chill and not do anything not do anything productive, not trying to like have to achieve any goals, just to do things just for the sake of doing them. <sighs> I don't know, man. I feel like I'm really running out of steam here. I um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what the point is. Maybe I'll have a better idea of this later on. But I think you can kind of see what I'm getting at, huh? I feel very relaxed today. I feel a little bit tired right now and that's okay. Maybe I'll sit down in a bit, try and finish that book. I've played fucking heaps of piano today. It's been so nice. And that's another thing, right? Piano is something that I'm doing with just no goal. I'm just like, let me work on that piece and see if I can play it well. Whatever. Oh, the photo this week. You know what I did today that was really wonderful, actually? I uh, went through a bunch of old photos and found some photos of me when I was a kid. I just was looking at them. I just tidied my room up and I was just, you know, putting things in good places. Took a few hours with it. Just did it really slowly and kind of intentionally. And uh, in my cupboards, I have some photo albums and I went through some photos of myself and I found one that's really fucking cool of me, maybe like three or four years old, holding my rabbit Felicity. I'm wearing shorts, no top. And the way I'm looking at the camera... I don't know, man. I just fucking love it. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's like fierce. I love this little boy. Like, I don't remember it at all. I recognize the backyard of the house. I don't know when this would have been taken or what the day was. I don't know who would have took it. I'm guessing my mom. But um, I'm just looking at the look in my eyes, the way that my hair falls down over my eyes and this look in my eyes my mouth is like slightly open and I'm looking at the cat it's almost like I've been interrupted um and it's like I'm holding Felicity my pet rabbit and she's looking the other way because I don't think she was a very affectionate rabbit I'm sitting cross-legged on the grass and I'm looking at whoever took the photo of me. Like maybe they said, you know, hey, Aiden, look at the camera. Maybe my mum was like, Aiden, look at the camera. And I looked at the camera, but I didn't smile. But I don't look angry or upset particularly. I just kind of look like I'm going like, what, man? What? I'm trying to have a moment with my rabbit here. What do you want? Ah. <sighs> That's going to be the photo for this week. And the title is going to be Good, good on you, Aiden. And 
that's the end of the podcast. I hope you guys, what do I hope for you? I hope that sometime in the next week you are able to give yourself the time to do something with no thought of what what might come of that thing or why, you know, with no thoughts of like, oh, I got to do this because I want this outcome. I hope that you find time for yourself at some point in the next week to do something just to do it, just to enjoy doing it and to be present with whatever the thing is and... If you do, please write in and tell me about it. I would actually really love that. Write in and tell me what the thing was that you did and um, just like, you know, your experience of doing it. And I feel like in giving you that homework, I've now destroyed your experience <laughs> of doing it because as soon as you do it, you're going to be like, oh, this is that thing from the podcast. <laughs> so suck shit. But you know what? If you do it, just message me, man, and tell me. I would love to hear about it. I reckon that'd be really nice. And if no one does, well, you know what's going to happen. I'm going to fucking... First of all, I've got to buy four horses, so that's going to be expensive. But I'll take out a loan, man, and I'll buy... For, imagine taking out a loan... <laughs> To buy four horses. You wouldn't be able to get much of a loan, but you'd just get some really shit horses and then and you'd have to buy the gun, obviously, as well, and the rope. Anything else? You'd have to pay one person to tie No, you'd be able to tie it all up yourself, actually, wouldn't you? Yeah. And then yeah, fire the gun and then the horses all just fucking tear you apart. That's what I'm gonna do if none of you guys ride in this week with a nice thing that you did just for yourself. All right, I'm going to quarter myself. Be it on your head. Thank you guys very much for listening. It's been Aiden Jones, sitting under a tree. Bye-bye.